This podcast is sponsored by OMI, the company that makes CRM work. In this episode, we're speaking with Nikhil Vimal of ChatMode. ChatMode builds chatbots for Microsoft Teams, and our conversation touched on artificial intelligence, the ways that enterprises are using chatbots in their daily operations, and his best story about the Turing test. We started with Nikhil describing exactly what it is he does. I'm the head of operations at a company called ChatMode. We focus on internal automation and uh, sort of integrating chatbots and voice into the workplace and sort of bringing that that whole industry into the future. Um, I have about, uh, I got to say, five, six years in the bot at the chatbot and voice space, um, worked with different companies and, and brought that experience to ChatMode as of actually last year um, when we became Microsoft partners as well. So we're uh, a little bit newer to the Microsoft ecosystem, but you know, combined the the business partners uh, all have. There's two other partners besides myself, Chad and Tyler, who uh, we combined have like you know, I would say 12 plus years of experience in artificial intelligence and you know, intelligent automation, things like that. Take me back like a decade ago. You have a long, you have a lot of experience in this field. What did your field look like a decade ago? Like, if someone had tried to build this product then, what would it look like? I, would that even be possible? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because I was I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day, and I'm, I'm kind of remembering back to a decade ago. I think like SM. SMS bots have um, have surprisingly been like the most, uh, they've been around the longest, I'd say. I think the most important development with a technology that's similar to ours was in um, SMS and text messaging automation. I know that that was like, I, I think back in the day, I mean, there are there are companies that attempted to do chatbots sort of on an independent level. I guess, you know, my, my industry is like artificial intelligence really when it comes down to it. But uh, even to go into a little bit of the idea of like automation, RPA was sort of around, um, IVR was certainly around. And I think a lot of the, the tools that are still pretty big in the IVR space were, were sort of really um, kicking off back then, you know, making it very user friendly. So there was a combination of a lot of different experiments going on, I know, but it, it's really insane how much it's evolved. I mean, AI, even back, uh, even back a decade ago, the conversations about um, its accessibility, it's, you know, it was very important for developers to have an easy way to build artificial intelligence products, right? And to also, in turn, you know, allow for, for digital transformation to happen with uh, business executives and leaders understanding it. And those frameworks simply weren't there. I mean, and now we have, you know, the Google, Microsoft, IBM, even Apple, like everyone, everyone got in on that. Uh, I know Siri has been around for a while now too, but you know, even, even the reliance of what she could do and the ability to be like for developers to use the technology that is under, you know, the Siri or Cortana platform, uh, that, that really hasn't even matured until the last couple of years. So looking, looking back, it's really, uh, it, it's really been interesting to see how a lot of these things were just basically ideas and use cases on paper and how quickly they've accelerated into actual resources that can be used um, you know, with people within these companies, being able to share what they've worked on and allowing for greater developer ecosystems and, you know, this the business world at large to be able to uh, access this knowledge as well. If you could catch me up in broad strokes, you know, sure. uh, over the last, over that last decade, like what, what are the three, say, uh, plot points that you think would, would really explain why your industry has evolved to where it is right now? Like what are the things that made what you do possible? And as you do that, could you tell me the story about how the market has developed? Like who's using your product now? And like, how has that grown? I mean, like, I got to give a shout out to Microsoft here, but um, I think their their whole restructure in the last decade has dramatically changed how um, we're doing our work exactly at the moment. I will give a shout out to them there. You know, specifically, they're the ones, other major tech companies have done this as well, but their ability to create 
really uh, good developer resources, their uh, ability to iterate really quickly, their expansion in a you know, product and usability. That's really done wonders for AI automation and um, just like chatbots and, and voice in general. Uh, I know like they, like they are not even really in voice uh, speaker assistance just yet for the workplace, but I know at some point, uh, Cortana will be integrated with Microsoft Teams. So it'll be really incredible there. But you know, otherwise, with chatbots and their natural language understanding engines, things like that, I mean, that's made this work dramatically more easier. And like I said, Microsoft's emphasis, or even in general, the industry emphasis isn't just on developers anymore. It's on helping, you know, business people understand, like an operations person or a marketing person understand the value of automation and and what it can be used for to automate, you know, background processes for different industries. So that's one plot point I'd say. The other plot point in general is the uh, standardization of a lot of the AI and, and chatbot technology done by various groups and various companies. So even thinking outside of Microsoft, you know, Google has set a standard for something called uh, conversation design, which is the idea of having, um, you know, chatbots that interact fairly and ethically with users. So there's been a, a ton of developments with that. I know IBM with Watson, they've, they've really pushed the boundaries of, um, you know, how natural language understanding works and how these, you know, intelligent automation, basically assistants can better understand a, a user's request and, you know, how that can be sort of daisy chained with other systems uh, and to create, you know, a more uh, centralized product and a more centralized resource through something like chatbots. And that kind of expands in the third point is that uh, in the last 10 years, you know, it's gone from, it, it was really a customer service use case, right? At the end of the day, chatbots had a lot of crazy things that they were at the beginning, when, when Facebook specifically announced that they were uh, supporting chatbots, that's sort of when the big, for Messenger, that was when the big boom happened. It was all really consumer-facing. I really didn't find a lot of chatbots that were focused on internal use cases or, or automating internal, like, you know, an internal process. But I'd say maybe in the later half of the last 10 years, as that technology has matured, as the hype cycle has sort of come and gone for chatbots and automation specifically, and so, you know, maybe in the last two years, maybe three years, those kind of chatbot opportunities have been silently developing a little bit more. And now, now these companies, you know, again, Google, Microsoft, they're starting to build those standards as well um, for, for how that industry shift is working. And, you know, there's, there's a general sense that like even beyond chatbots, automation is starting to face a little bit more inward. So I say that like the key is that um, the industry has been moving with the standards that are being built with, with the hype, right? And then, you know, there's also been a lot of work um, from the same companies that have started the process to also facilitate, you know, confidence in the industry and in the market. You, you've mentioned some of the biggest companies in the world and, and different innovations by, you know, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Google. Um, yep. It seems to me that each of these companies is like pushing forward in this in this space um, yeah. out of a, a desire to, to compete. But then at some point, you have to build standards and sort of like um, standardize everything and, and make sure that it's accessible so that it sort of seeps into, you know, daily life and becomes really <laughs> a profitable thing going forward. Everyone sure. can use it. How does that process happen? Like, what do you decide to keep proprietary and what do you decide to sort of open up so that even your competitors can sort of access the gains you've made and, and therefore like push everyone forward? Yeah, it's a good question, actually, because that's also a topic I've like, I've actually spoken to um, some people who who won different awards in AI and, and research specifically, and they were they were all talking about the idea of creating these, you know, collectives, and they, and they have, um, but really from, they've been, there's independent, let me put it this way, there's independent researchers out there that don't work for these companies who are basically taking what's public from these companies and then kind of putting it together. Um, that is That is happening out there, and that is creating some really interesting opportunities. The companies themselves, you might see, uh, you know, an Amazon employee and a Google employee at a meetup talking about, you know, each respective product. And that could be a way to build the confidence, I guess, around uh, 
the, the idea that there's some collaboration. I think you know there are there are partnerships that are basically active, I believe, but are testing the limits of that. And then there's also just independent researchers that are reading all of these standardization resources and um, people at, at different startups per se, and they're turning that information into a bridge. There's really products out there that bridge Slack with Microsoft Teams and then with Google Chat, and you can <laughs> you can manage them all at once and things like that. And and actually, those are probably the companies to ask more about the intersections, right, and what those development limits are. Uh, or what those engineering limits are uh, more than the companies themselves. They're not gonna they're not gonna tell you to do that, but they are they're technically allowing you to do that, right? With with their you know publicly facing uh, integrations and open APIs kind of thing. So it, it's an interesting it's a balance right now. I'm sure there will be more opportunities in the future, but it's it's been actually more of an indie effort. Yeah. So so take me into that into the the discussion about the market now. I, I would I would really appreciate sure. that. Sure. Yeah. No problem. No problem. So yeah, the market. I mean, to talk a little about about exactly where we're playing. You know, Microsoft Teams, as of October of 2020, has uh, 115 million daily active users. That's what they're boasting, which is which is really insane. I mean, this is, um, of course, uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, the way that it's came about is because of this whole pandemic. But in some ways, it has pushed innovation forward. It has brought upon, you know, new opportunities and new things to think about. And it certainly pushed Microsoft to start thinking very seriously about internal automation, right? But I actually, you know, really through through different meetups, through different keynotes that they've done, They've been talking a lot about a maturity model, right? Where it's like, all right, we're going to start with this customer service side, but we also want to see, you know, employees in Microsoft Teams using chatbots. And, you know, I think Microsoft, Microsoft definitely wants to push that play as much into their own network as they can, but you can actually deploy these bots to, you know, Facebook Messenger if you want, and you can deploy these to Slack if you wanted. Um, so really, really the, the market, um, it dramatically matured in 2020. I will be completely honest. I mean, even so, I should talk about the, uh, you know, one of the biggest indicators for, you know, what in terms of what we're doing at Chat Mode and why we think it's kind of going right is the uh, the whole Slack and Salesforce merger, right? Or I guess the acquisition of Slack into Salesforce. Um, that, that's a big deal. That's basically proving that uh, there is a demand for trying to innovate on, you know, having a concept of a of a workplace uh, operating system kind of thing that that can be all powered through conversation. And of course, there's a the communication element, right? Easy way for employees to work together and for different integrations to work to funnel data in. But now, you know, it's Microsoft is pushing for that. Okay, well, we can we can integrate, you know, Microsoft Teams in a in a Salesforce, or we can integrate Microsoft Teams into a bunch of tools out there. But how can that be more than just getting a notification, right? How can that be accessing different um, different reporting like systems uh, in those different tools and uh, you know doing different like actually having actionable items that they can do so being able to you know set off a, a trigger of some sort that uh, actually does a task and and then brings back the results of that task in, in Microsoft Teams through RPA uh, we've seen there's uh, interest in companies to use computer vision and chatbots so they've been they've been really doubling down with that and I've seen you know I have seen and I have heard that. Um, some of the bigger financial institutions, I think NetBank is one of them. Um, I think even with the progressive use case that they've talked about, like they are, they are starting to think of better ways to, uh, you know, push information internally that would help the customer service teams, right? That are, you know, interacting with, uh, with users directly, you know, with maybe a chatbot that's escalating a customer service agent. And then, you know, in the background, there's another chatbot that's helping the employees actually manage the data and, you know, intelligently be able to help out a customer. So, uh, there's really there's really a balance. I think um, I think the industry hasn't quite matured to the point where we're we're using you know chatbots and voice every day. I think there's still a lot of use cases to be pushed, but at the very least, the the setup for the automation and the uh, ability to you know to start thinking a little bit bigger that that's been coming up um, in the market right now, and that's what's creating a really exciting opportunity within the Microsoft ecosystem itself. 
um, to create, you know, basically enterprise all within a communication channel. And it will be interesting to see how that develops um, in the near future. You mentioned that things have sort of matured, you know, in a more accelerated way this year with, uh, sure. with the pandemic and just like the patterns of work changing a bit. What, what what are some of the ways that people are, you know, finding uses for for the technology? And like, what, what are some of the ways that it's enhancing what people were already doing as part of their day to day? I think uh, one of my favorite examples to use is, you know, really the uh, HR use case. I think that that one's been pretty interesting. We've seen a lot of companies come out and say like, hey, we need you know, now that we don't have uh, really a way to just walk around the office and get requests done, we need a fa- we need a fast way that creates uh, you know a synchronous approval process, right? Like I mentioned, you know, being able to send expense reports to multiple people, get them approved, and then you know once that approval is done, it, it immediately comes back to the user and says, um, you know, hey, this is this is approved, you're good to go, rather than having to go through an email chain or going to have to reach out to multiple different people at once or schedule a meeting whether you know just talk about what what, what the status was. Um, you know, chatbots are allowing different ways to innovate there um, and just automation in general. I think another one is also with hiring. Um, we've seen a lot of really interesting ways that you'll be able to use um, you know, computer vision technology or automation technology to uh, you know, field candidate responses a little bit faster, have candidates go, or then it's you know, even the after, after they're hired, you're going through an onboarding process with chatbots, right? Where you can, you can go through entire trainings with, with an automated tool. And really it's the concept that you know, across many different use cases, it's the concept that being able to talk to something and having a conversation with it is potentially better. You know, that might be, you know, human to human interaction is of course really good, but when everything's going really crazy, when there's a lot of fires to put out because of, you know, what happened last year um, and, you know, what could be happening in the future with, with different economic developments, you know, chatbots are the next best item because it still really feels natural, um, you know, being able to accomplish tasks and, and have like reinforcement from a chatbot that's kind of, you know, acting like a human a little bit or just acting like, you know, it has some, I, I shouldn't call it sentience, but just it has some response. It has an intelligent response. And it's not just a, you know, a web browser and a form that says, you know, when you're done, it says form completed, uh, look for an email confirmation shortly. It's, you know, the chatbot giving you that instant feedback. And that seems to be a real opportunity to empower the employees of the future. And that's something that, you know, in terms of when, we, when I think of workplace automation and sort of the, the spiel that we're working in, it really, it's really been, um, or we already noticing patterns of, you know, more, like there's higher satisfaction with employees, um, they're able to save time, right? That's like simply the, the biggest thing is, you know, sometimes these forms still require a lot of questions and these like some internal tools can be really sort of difficult to use, but chatbots are sort of easier from the get-go, right? Because you are, you're able to just have a natural conversation potentially. There's there's buttons, there's things that, there's a lot of cues and it's just optimized for speed. So yeah, the market, you know, the development there is, it's really positive so far. And really, I, I'd say that um, if I was to sum it up a little bit, you know, that, that employee satisfaction, the ability to take out some of the mundane approval processes and, and different things going on there, and just the ability to have something a little more, a bit more usable. And um, I guess I, I do believe that chatbots can really be a long-term solution. Those are all really the big things that we noticed got really, really accelerated in 2020. Gotcha. So I, I, I've heard you talk about, you know, HR applications, customer service, you know, I think supply chain. Yep. Am I missing any really, really big ones just briefly that, that you know, bear mentioning here? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say so supply chain, logistics is a big one. Um, healthcare, you know, it's like they're looking at it. They're always kind of looking at it. But I know that innovation is a little bit slower. Um, but I can say that there there is sort of some development happening there. Let's see. Yeah, manufacturing seems to be pretty impressive with this right now. Actually, I've, I've heard of some companies out there. Um, that are trying to, you know, utilize Microsoft Teams a little more intelligently. Um, and we've, we've been spoken to some of these companies as well. I would also say, um, 
I say retail might be the next big one. That might be another big boom. Oh, financial services. I should mention that one as well. But yeah, like in terms of uh, industries and their use cases, I mean, in, in each of these like industries that I'm mentioning, the use cases are, um, they're mostly down to operations, actually. Like their HR and, and marketing might use chatbots in those organizations as well, but it's actually coming down to using them on a day-to-day basis to automate um, you know, the functions of a, of a store, you know, if it's a, if it's a retail or in manufacturing, there's, you know, ways that chatbots can uh, help with the, you know, with the factory floor, basically, and automating that and having, you know, employees and um, workers run different tasks through their phones and, and using, you know, chatbots and different automations there. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of really impressive development coming up, like I said, across, across departments at companies, but, and then there's, you know, like nonprofits, I know that they've, they've looked into it, but I know there's, you know, a lot of budget constraints there too. So, um, and like I said, healthcare just takes a, a while to, to adopt these kind of things, but I know they're looking into it. Every, everyone else is like, there's actual, you know, Microsoft customer success stories where you can sort of see, you know, how quickly they've been able to adopt Microsoft Teams and how they're already exploring, you know, the ideas of, of computer vision and, and other sort of like major concepts to integrate with these uh to integrate with their communication tool as well. So that that's really exciting. Gotcha, gotcha. And so let's say we have somebody listening to this, you know, maybe they're a technical leader at their organization, an executive. Um, they want to maybe dip their toes here. What's the best way to get started? Like how, how what do you, what do you tell people to, you know, hook them? The biggest thing is, is simply that, you know, as of last year, um, you know, uh, at Microsoft, if you listen to any big executive or any big keynote that they did, um, almost every time that I saw, at least in their, in their, you know, biz apps world was a lot of focus on Microsoft Teams and on, and in that, you know, idea of maturing Microsoft Teams, there's been, you know, validation that some of the, you know, biggest companies in the world are, um, or biggest like enterprises in the world are adopting the, you know, Microsoft Teams platform really fast and um, across, you know, like I said, various disciplines and, and being able to, uh, they're able to deploy these things pretty quickly because of the tools that Microsoft has already built. So, you know, one thing is just showing that, you know, there's obviously, there's big companies behind this. That's one thing. Uh, or there's rather, you know, there's a big technology company behind this. And then there's big enterprise companies that are also, you know, pushing the pushing the boundaries with these, you know, technology companies and working together. And there's just been a lot of maturity in, in you know, security and privacy and all those different, you know, sort of important competencies as well, which I think has has built a lot of trust for sure. I think the biggest thing to me is being able to show that maturity and actually being able to show the future maturity as well. I mentioned uh, the idea of voice. I should mention the concept of ambient computing as well, which is the idea of sort of bringing together internet of things, uh, voice, chatbot technology, and generally automation um, all in a sort of one category that could be you know, very empowering to people who are working remotely. So that means you know there could be a, a really interesting way to use technology from home that could uh, keep you very efficient, or also just in the work. In you know, as you go back to the workplace, I'm sure there's going to be many opportunities as well to think about how different tools, cameras, sensors, you know, uh, can be used for. You know, maybe I know that that can always be a little bit uh, a little bit hard for people to grasp with with all the security concerns and everything going on. But you know, in in theory, you know, if everything goes well, those could be really used to help automate a workplace and help you know create the robotics could be in there as well, right? And these could all these could all help the, you know, various like industries that are running a little bit behind, you know, logistics has, has had a lot of issues even last year, um, keeping up with things. And I know that manufacturing still has a long way to go. Um, even if they're adopting a lot of software, there's going to be hardware that should work with the software as well. And being able to show that that's actually, you know, coming maybe sooner than we think now because of COVID and because of how everything's gone down in the last year, um, that's exciting. And I think that, you know, this idea of the, the workplace uh, internal automation you know, these are these are things that um, they just need to get intelligent, right? I think AI and 
and machine. I mean, these, these could be all automated in very manual ways, I suppose, but the future really comes down to having artificial intelligence and machine learning, which learns from the ways that uh, the com a company, an organization works and adapts to different, uh, you know, crazy circumstances that could happen or different fires that need to be put out, right? Like there could be uh, a, a lot of different ways. So it's really thinking about all this as the idea of like an intelligent workplace automation play, right? And, and being able to present the idea that, you know, it's not, it's not just, you know, pressing buttons and letting an automation happen. It's actually something that you can adapt and chat with and, and have a conversation with that could be, you know, be really getting tasks done and then allowing for, you know, a, an average employee or an executive to have more time to focus on uh, bigger, better things, right? And not necessarily mundane tasks. I would love to, I, I mean, I can't let you go. <laughs> sure. I can't let you go without asking you, uh, you know, someone who lives and breathes AI for your mm -hmm. funniest, um, like Turing test moment. Uh, you must have something oh. that, that comes to mind. I mean, yeah, there was a, um, I think it was like, I had, there's some company that I had tried. I don't even remember what they, what the name of the company was, unfortunately. Um, but they had, they created some sort of like digital avatar chatbot thing that I tried like way back when. But they had created basically this like avatar bot, which they claimed would do a really really good job at um, doing. Like it was a Slack bot, actually. That's what it was. Um, and I remember it was supposed to be a um, employee like service bot, so basically it helped employees uh, order food. Like they had integrations to like DoorDash or something crazy like that. Um, where they could order lunch to their work. Like it, it has some really crazy features that I remember that were basically specifically for like employee empowerment and employee sort of, you know, just helping employees work better in a in, in whatever company that they are at, uh, that they are at, as long as, you know, the company that installs the Slack bot allows it. And anyways, um, I remember interacting with this bot. I mean, it was, it was the craziest. It was like a, it was a damn impressive thing. And it was actually really good. And I mean, I, I was basically, I was pumped. I remember thinking like, wow, this, this is the best like Turing test pass I've ever seen in my life. Cause it was, it was so human. It was so, it sent me gifts. It was sending emojis. It was like, you know, making like text, <laughs> it was making a uh, grammar mistakes and things like that. But like, I, I forgave it. I, you know, whatever. It was like this really interesting thing. And I guess since we're talking about funniest Turing test moments, um, actually at the end of like multiple, like, I think I used it for like a week. And uh, turns out it was actually a, a customer service agent the whole time uh, oh, behind the scenes no that was posing way. as a bot. Yeah, yeah. And they, I mean, it was it was really convincing because the way it presented itself, you know, you know, the the person behind the scenes presented themselves as a bot, and they had kept they kept reinforcing it every step of the way that they're a bot. Like I'd even ask, like, are you a bot? And it would be like, yes, it's a hundred percent automated service. And then like, um, and then at the end, I don't know, I don't know if that's false advertising or I don't know what that's supposed to be, but I learned, I feel like it shouldn't have taken an entire week for them to admit that there was a lot of, there was some, some automated responses for sure. But there were also moments where it would have like banter with you, with you to learn more about you. And uh, yeah, it turns out that was all, that was all human powered. So I guess, I guess that's like kind of funny, but also, you know, the world's biggest disappointment because I definitely have not found a, an employee service bot that has done or like an HR bot that can, you know, literally <laughs> talk to an employee to like make their day and, and send just like positive inspire like and send like inspiring notes. And it was actually all of that was a person. Okay. So final, final question for you, where sure. can people go to learn more about chat mode and what is next for you guys? Sure. Sure. So we're at uh, chatmode.io. Um, we are currently working on um, a lot of different, you know, white papers and, and resources that are going to be helpful for understanding, you know, the, the convergence of a lot of the different tools that I mentioned, right? So that I guess the biggest question we've been getting is uh, what is, you know, what about robotic process automation? What about computer vision? We're working on 
you know, different documents and articles. We, we like to share. Um, we, we also have a, you know, slight plug. I'll, I'll share that we have a, a chatbot and voice meetup that's actually based out of Seattle, but it's currently available globally where we, we talk about chatbots as a whole, but we're starting to slowly, you know, talk about the, the convergence between, you know, a Microsoft partner or an Amazon partner and how they can be uh, more successful with chatbots if they're, you know, if they're trying to get into that and, and things like that. So there's a lot of different uh, convergence that we're working on and different sort of centralization centralization of information projects to um, to better offer insight for the industry because because we believe in sharing you know everything I share today like I, I believe in uh, offering honest insight and you know offering whatever I can to help move this industry forward because I don't think it can work if everyone is holding on to everything and no one's sharing any like really anything I, I think that that's a, a major risk to innovation I know there's always going to be a, a balance between proprietary and not and we love to we'd love to see more more players in the industry also offer ways that they're innovating in this and um, yeah for us you know what's coming up next is where we're looking forward to, um, you know, Microsoft's addition of voice speaker sort of capabilities as well, because I think that'll open up a whole new conversation about uh, the type of automation that can be done with the with the workplace. But yeah, otherwise, we're just we're constantly working on uh, really building out these chatbots and, you know, trying to create, you know, an, an AI process for, for companies at large. For more information on chat mode, visit chatmode.io. This episode was sponsored by OMI. For more information on OMI's Microsoft solutions, visit omi.co.